Good morning, Lakeview Church. You guys are getting so, so good at that. I just want you to know, I look forward to this time every single week. To be together with God's people in God's presence, I just cannot think of a better thing to do. And so I look forward to this every single week, and I hope you do as well. Last week, we started a brand new message series called Church of the Future, and we started painting a picture of the kind of church that we want to become, that we believe God is leading us to become. And we talked about last week that we want to become the kind of church that is engaged in continual renewal and revitalization so that we have a sustainable ministry, not just for today, but into the future. We talked about the fact that we want to be the kind of church that doesn't just look back and thank God for our godly heritage, but we look forward into the future and we get focused on leaving a legacy for those who will come behind us. And then we talked about being the kind of church that would be engaged in living out its calling in the midst of the culture that we find ourselves in, in this day and in this time. And we started looking last week at what God is leading us into as a church. And we, we talked about this vision that God is placing on our hearts and on our lives. And, and one of the images that I have been thinking about when I pray for our church is that we would become an epicenter of a movement. The epicenter of a movement of transformation. That as people come into the church here at Lakeview, that their lives would be changed as a result of being in this community of faith. That as people would find their way into this church, they would see Christians who are living out their faith in a deeply devoted way, passionate about following Jesus. And as they get in that kind of environment and hear the gospel preached and have God working in their lives, that they would be changed and that they would become different people. Then as a congregation, our movement of transformation wouldn't just be about us being changed, but it would be about us going out into our community and carrying this work of transformation with us so that the places and environments where we go, we represent Christ as his ambassadors. And God works in and through us in those environments to bring change to our community and, and that this community would begin to become different and it would begin to become better because of what God is doing in and through us as his people. And then this reality that not only would we be changed, not only would our city and our county be changed, but this transformation would go from here to everywhere, that we would be faithful to our godly heritage and we would continue to be engaged in multiplying the church here in Indiana, throughout North America, and even around the world. I've been praying for these kind of circles to move out from this church and, and become this movement of transformation that spreads out from here to everywhere. Last week, I uh, shared with you that we believe, uh, as we came out of all of this vision discernment process, that God has called Lakeview Church to exist for three things. To make disciples, to transform the community, and to, and to uh, multiply the church. Make disciples, transform the community, and multiply the church. And I uh, got a little more specific than that last week and started laying out some of the targets that we believe God is calling us to aim for. 
When we think about making disciples, we believe that God is is leading us and we are believing that God will help us over the next five years to walk with 150 people into the waters of baptism where they will profess their faith for Jesus Christ. We believe that our church will grow to be a church of 500 and we are asking God to expand our influence into this community and to bring people into this church to help us fulfill the mission and vision that God has given to us. We believe that God has invited us and asked us to create a discipleship pathway and we want to see 400 people involved in that discipleship pathway over the next five years. And as that begins to happen, we believe that at least 250 people will join our dream team and will begin to serve God in our church and in our community on a regular basis. And we want to train and equip 150 people in our congregation to be everyday missionaries, to carry the work of the gospel right into Grant County where we live and make a difference here so that this mission field that we live on can be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We said that as we seek to transform our community, we need to continue to be engaged in our local outreach ministries that are run by our church. And we need to be more specific about partnering with organizations that are doing really good work in our community. Ways that we could come alongside, not just to send a check of money that would help fund their work, but to actually come alongside them and serve with them to see their mission advance. We talked about the fact that we have a counseling center that God has blessed us with, a counseling center that faces out into our community and deals with so many people who are hurting in so many different ways. Some of those people are Christian. Some of those people go to our church. Some of those people go to other churches. But a huge portion of the people our counseling center see each and every week do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that counseling center gives us an opportunity to come alongside of people to help them find the hope and the healing and the wholeness that is available through Jesus Christ. We're asking God to help our counseling center double in the number of counselors and in the number of clients seen each and every week because we know that our community is hurting and we want to do our part to help. We have a Christian school and we are asking God to help that school grow over these next few years to minister to 150 students every single year to help those students have the very best education that they could possibly have and to do it from a Christian perspective so that Christian faith is integrated into what they are learning. And we are asking God to help us build that kind of school as we move into these next few years. And then we believe that God is calling us to multiply the church. And so we're asking God and believing God as we focus on these next five years to see an emerging leaders residency program started so that those who have studied to be pastors and missionaries could find their way into this local church where they would serve in our church, learn how to put into practice what they've learned in the classroom, and then at the end of a two-year period of time, we would send them wherever God is taking them to serve for the kingdom of God. We believe that God's leading us to start two additional campuses over the next five years. The first campus is a virtual campus. One of the things that COVID gave to us was this ability to connect with people online. I talked with someone this morning who's back in church after this long year and excited to be in the room. And she said to me that online was okay, but I'm glad to be here. 
That's a wonderful thing. We're glad that we can have both. But here's what we know. The online world is not going away. And because there are people who would be able to connect with a church online who might not ever connect with a church in the room, we're going to be online and we're going to develop that part of our ministry so that people aren't just connecting to watch a service, but they're watching a service and then they have the opportunity to get involved in discipleship and even find ways to serve inside of our church and inside of our community as part of Lakeview Church's virtual campus. Now, some of you are like, this is ridiculous. Hey, anything short of sin that we can do to reach people, we're going to do it. That's what we're called to do, and that's what we're going to be focused on. We believe there's a second campus God's leading us to start, and that's one that's closer to downtown. We want to have a hub that's close to downtown where we can have weekly worship services, where we can offer discipleship programming, we can have a counseling office, we can provide support groups, we can see ministry happen close to downtown so that there, the, the, we can begin to reach a group of people who might not ever be reached if we are expecting them to find their way all the way to this building. We're not going to wait for people to come here. We're going to go to where people are and find ways to reach them where they live. This is what God is calling us to do. And then, of course, as a church that's been deeply devoted to missions, we are going to continue to advance that part of our heritage. And we're asking God to help us give $100,000 annually to the mission field to see missionaries and works on the mission field supported with dollars from this church. This has been a part of our history. We want it to be a part of our future. This year, we are asking the church to give $72,000 annually to support our missions obligations for this current fiscal year that we are in. We want to see that grow over the next five years. And alongside of that, we want to send out 10 missions teams two each year to go out into the mission field so that we're not, again, just sending money to a mission field, but we are sending people to go serve alongside of our missionaries so that we can see what's happening on that field and come back and tell the stories of what God is doing there so that we as a congregation get more and more engaged in the global mission of God. God has given us a vision. We've been praying for that for this whole year. And God is beginning to let that take shape and take root in our hearts. And today what I want to do is take just a few minutes to talk to you about the kind of community we must become as a church if we are going to see this vision fulfilled in and through Lakeview Church. So I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about, again, the kind of community and the kind of values that would shape our church if we're going to fulfill this vision that God is giving to us. Now, there's a diagram I hope that we have. Can we? Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, so this diagram represents two kinds of churches. There are two different ways we could, we could kind of structure ourselves as a congregation. And I want to present these two pictures to you and then tell you what kind of church I think we need to become. You can see on the left-handed side, we could become a bounded set church. A bounded set church has a very strong border. 
There are clear lines that, that kind of uh, serve as a demarcation of who is in and who is out. In order to belong to this church, in order to be a part of this community of faith, you would have to become a certain kind of person before you could step in here. You'd have to believe certain things. You'd have to behave in certain ways. You'd have to kind of grow to become a certain kind of person. And when you reach that place, we would say, welcome. You can come in here now. You're one of us. That's one way that you could establish a church. The other way is marked by the right side of the screen. This is called a center set church. This kind of church is a church that's not defined by its border because you can see no border exists. The border is porous. It's wide open. Anybody can come. Anybody can can walk into the orbit of a church that has a centered set mindset. The thing that defines a centered set church is not its boundary, it's not its border, it's its core. The strength of a centered set church says this is who we are at the very core of our community and that's not going to waver and that's not going to change and because that is unchanging, everybody is welcome here. You don't have to believe like we believe. You don't even have to follow Jesus. You are welcome inside of this church because here's what we believe. Our core is so strong and so compelling that if you got inside the orbit of this community, that core would begin to attract you. It would begin to pull you towards the center. That you could come to this church even if you didn't believe in Jesus Even if you didn't think the scriptures were true, you could come and you could join this community. You could be a part of Lakeview Church and you could hang out with us for as long as you wanted to hang out. And the longer that you hang out here, what we believe is that our core is so strong and so compelling and so true and so right That over time, if you stayed in the orbit of this community of faith, you would be drawn to the center. And as you came to the center, you would become a different kind of person. You would actually start to reflect Jesus. Now some of you, I can tell by the looks on your faces, are not convinced You're like, I I like the bounded set. Can we just have a clear line? Know who's in and who's out. Tell the people who are out to stay away. Tell the people who are in to come join us. I just want to tell you, I don't believe that's the kind of church God wants us to be. Don't believe that's the kind of church God wants us to be. I believe he wants us to be a centered, set church. So I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about four values that define a centered, set church. Four values. The first one is spiritual fervency. Now, over the last six months, I've been writing in my journal uh, based on what I heard from you in the vision focus groups that we had last fall. There were little notes that I made in the margins of of the notes that came from those sessions based on what I heard from you. There were themes that came out, not just to help us figure out the vision that God was giving us for the future, but, but I actually started to see themes of what kind of community you wanted us to become. And I've been kind of 
working on these themes for the last six months in my journal. So I'm going to just read from you excerpts that I've taken right out of my journal based on what I heard from you and the way that I've been reflecting on that for six months. And one of the very first things that I heard you talk about was the need for us to be a church that has a deep commitment to spiritual fervency. And this is what I wrote in my journal. We believe that the hope for our lives, our city, our nation, and our world is found only in the God of the Bible. So we seek him and his work as the single most important need we have as a church. I want to read it one more time because I want some more amens. We believe that the hope for our lives, our city, our nation, and our world is found only in the God of the Bible. So we seek him and his work as the single most important need we have as a church. Thank you. The foundation of everything that we do must be this deep love and longing for God. Everything begins and ends there. Dr. Trent read it for us a few moments ago that the first and greatest and most important commandment is what? To love God with everything that you are. Listen, we could come in here every single week and play church. Most of you know the words to say. Most of you know how to behave when you're here in church. And we could all come and play the game. And we could go home feeling good about ourselves, that we've done our religious duty for the day. But here's the bottom line. God is not looking for people to play religious games. He doesn't need any of those people. What God is looking for is people who are sold out to him, who love him with everything that is within them, that he becomes the all-consuming priority of our lives and every single thing that we do and every single thing that we are is about him. This is why the psalmist can say, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. We need people who have that kind of longing. And Jesus, in the Beatitudes, when he was talking in the Sermon on the Mount, said that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be filled. Perhaps the reason our world is going the way it's going is because the people of God do not hunger and thirst for righteousness like we should. Judgment always begins with the people of God. And if we're going to be a centered, set church, part of defining the core is making sure that every single one of us that would consider ourselves close to the core of Lakeview Church, that we are completely sold out to God. Because everything starts and ends right there. Spiritual fervency. The second value of a centered, set church is biblical fidelity. Again, as I reflected on what you shared in the vision focus groups, I wrote this statement in my journal. We believe that scripture is the inspired and authoritative word of God. So we are unrelenting in our commitment to live by and proclaim the truth that the Bible reveals. 
The psalmist said, the word of God is a lamp for my feet and it's a light for my path. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that all scripture is breathed out by God and it is useful for teaching, for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness. Why? So that every single Christ follower could be equipped for every good work that God has called us to do. I don't have to tell you this, but we are living in a world that does not want authority to reside in some external document from the individual's life. Our culture wants to define authority as the human being's right to do whatever they want to do. If you want to do it, go do it. If you think it will feel good, have at it. If it makes you happy, then it must be worth pursuing. And obviously, if it makes you happy, then you should go ahead and enjoy it. These are the things that our culture says as messages to us in this world. And I want to let you know that if we buy into that ideology and take authority out of God's word and put it anywhere else, whether you put it in a human being to make their own choices or you put it in some other document. If you take it away from the Bible and you start playing with that aspect of what God has spoken into our lives, what you will end up with is a life that is off target. You cannot change the source document for your life and expect to end up where God wants you to end up. And in our world today, uh, right now I'm talking about the core, right? Because we got to have a strong core. We got a hunger for God, and we have to believe in the authority of Scripture to tell us what to do. And we live in a world that, that I'm telling you right now, what I'm saying to you does not fit in our culture, and it's not politically correct. And you know what? I don't care. I was not invited to be politically correct. I was not invited to say what our itching ears want to hear. We must define the core in a very strong and unwavering way. The word of God is the authority for our lives, period. When you take the word of God and you begin to mold it, which is what people are doing today. They're molding the word of God to make it what they want to be. That is modern day idolatry. It's basically taking God and putting him in an image that we like. Instead of reading the scriptures and letting the scriptures tell us who God sees himself as. Right? The difference is, do we take the scriptures and mold it to our lives, or do we take the scriptures and leave them where they are as the authority and mold our lives to the scriptures? This is what we are called to do, and I just want to go on record in front of everybody in this church and everybody watching online today. You just need to know, we are going to preach the word of God. We are going to live by the word of God. And when the forces of our culture try to get us to change our standards to match whatever standards they believe are appropriate, I just want to let you know you have a pastor who is not going to give in to that. And if you don't like that, you can get another pastor. 
We are going to seek God with all that we've got, and we are going to root ourselves on the Word of God. We are going to make that our foundation, because in a world that is shifting and changing and in many ways falling apart, we need a rock on which we can stand, and the Word of God does not shift, and it does not change. It is a solid foundation for our lives. Value number three. Josh Huff told me he's watching the clock, so I got to keep moving here. Radical hospitality. This is what I wrote in my journal after hearing so many of you talk at the vision focus groups. We believe the church was created to reach everyone and to reflect the racial, educational, and economic diversity of our community. So we will become a community that welcomes and values everyone. If we're going to have, if we're going to be a church that's a centered set, we have to have a strong core. And I believe that's defined by spiritual fervency and biblical fidelity. We are not going to waver. But we are also not going to create borders and boundaries that would prevent people from finding their way into our church. Everybody's welcome here. You don't believe like we believe? That's okay. If you're willing to come and, and find yourself and situate yourself inside the orbit of this community, come. You can be right on the very edge. You might even have many days out of the week where you're looking outside. That's fine. We welcome you here. You actually can come here and not believe like we believe. That's perfectly fine. We, we want you here. Because we believe that God has called us to welcome every single person into our church. They don't have to look like us. They don't have to think like us. They don't have to believe like us. They don't have to be educated in a certain way. It's not about how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what your background is or what you've done or haven't done. You're welcome here. That's the radical hospitality the church is called to have. Now, there are really two parts of this value, and I'm going to spend most of my time on one part, but I want to talk about the other for just 30 seconds. One of the things I love about Lakeview Church is that we are not a church that says, oh, you don't have, you don't have much money, you can't come here. We're not that kind of church. There are other churches that are like that. We're not one of those. We don't say, oh, you have to be this color to come here. We don't say that, and we never will. We never will. You don't have to have a certain kind of education. You don't have to have a degree. From anywhere. You don't even have to have graduated high school. You can come here. You are welcome here. You are 100% welcome here. But you could have a PhD, and you're welcome here too. You can have 10 PhDs if you're that ridiculous. <laughs> I'm finishing up mine right now, and to have more than one is ridiculous, in my opinion. It's a lot. That's a lot of work. But if that's you, you're welcome. We take crazy people too. So you can come and join us. We'd love to have you. Listen, anybody is welcome here. And if you see anybody in our church not welcoming someone else, pull them off to the side and tell them to stop. Everybody is welcome here. Everybody. Because the last time I checked, the way that the world is going, they need the church. And if we take people who need the church and tell them that they can't come here, how in the world are we going to impact our culture for Jesus Christ? We're not. 
Now, Jesus models this for us in a beautiful picture in John 8. I don't have time to teach the whole passage, but this is the passage where a woman is caught in the act of adultery. This is not just people have rumored her to be an adulterer. No, she was caught in the act. And they literally drag her out of the bed of her lover and bring her before Jesus and throw her in front of him because they want to know what he's going to do. The law is very clear. This woman should be put to death. There aren't any loopholes. It's very clear. For someone who commits adultery, they should be stoned, period. They put her in front of Jesus to see what he's going to do. And we don't know exactly what Jesus did other than he kneels down and he starts writing in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote. The, the passage doesn't tell us. Some people conjecture that he started writing the sins of the religious leaders to remind them that while they were condemning someone for the sin that they had committed, that they had forgotten about the sins for which they had been forgiven for. We don't know what Jesus wrote, but Jesus wrote in the dirt, and then he just stands up and says, let the one of you who is without sin cast the first stone. And one by one, they drop their stones and they walk away. Until the only person left with Jesus is the woman. And Jesus says to the woman at that point, does anybody condemn you? Nobody. Jesus says, then I don't condemn you either. This is the radical hospitality of Jesus. Listen, Jesus is not saying that what she did was okay. Jesus isn't saying, yeah, adultery is fine, go for it. He's not saying that at all. He doesn't suggest that in any way, shape, or form. He just simply says, you're welcome here. I see you in all of your shame, in all of your embarrassment, in all of your sin, I see you. And I love you. And here's how Jesus could have radical hospitality. He could have radical hospitality because it was calibrated by a hope for who this woman could become. Jesus says, yeah, you can come. You're welcome here. Why? Because I don't just see who you are today. I see who you can become. We got to have open borders let anybody come, everyone come. Because we want to see them not just as they are today, but we want to see them for who they could become with God's grace and power at work in their lives. I got one more value, and it's this one, people development. This is what I wrote in my journal. We believe all people are created in the image of God and they have innate value and purpose. So we will help people reach their God-given potential and we will help them honor God with their lives. See, what makes us nervous is that we think about the strong core and we think about the open borders and we think, how's this going to work? Well, it's going to work because if our core is really strong, we are seeking God and we are standing on the word of God and we have this open border with people who are at all different places in their journey with God. If we have a pathway for people to walk on, from way out there on the edges all the way to the center, we can actually help people develop and grow to become everything that God wants them to be. And that's who we are as a church. 
Lloyd Ogilvy was the pastor of the Hollywood Presbyterian Church for quite some time. And uh, Lloyd Ogilvy talks about a story where at the end of church, he was standing at the back, he was greeting people, shaking hands, and people were doing all of that, you know, normal complimentary stuff. But then this lady coming through the line gave him a two-hander handshake. You know what these are like where someone grabs your hand and then they put the other hand and they like hold on. This woman did that with Lloyd Ogilvy and she looked him in the eye and this is what she said to him. I pray that your life will be as wonderful as it was in the mind of God when he created you. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? I pray that your life will be as wonderful as it was in the mind of God when he created you. Listen, that is our prayer for every single person who walks into our church. Doesn't matter who they are or what their background is or what they've done or haven't done, what they know or do not know. They come into our church. Our prayer for them is that they would become everything that God wants them to be. Because this is why the church exists. To make disciples. To equip and mobilize those disciples to transform the community. So that the church is multiplied from here to everywhere. This is why we exist as a church. And this is what we are committed to. Back to John 8, Jesus looks at this woman and says, where are all of your condemners? She says, they're all gone. And Jesus said, well, if they're not going to condemn you, I'm not going to condemn you either. And then this next phrase, now go and sin no more. You see, radical hospitality gives way to an invitation for people to find forgiveness and freedom. That's why we want to be a radically hospitable church. So anybody can come into this place and receive an invitation to walk towards forgiveness and freedom as they move towards the core of our church. Now, these four values are not values that we can just manufacture. You can't create them and neither can I. We actually need the Spirit of God to work in us and through us to make these values become a part of who we are as a church. We need a move of God's spirit on our church. If we wanna see everything become a reality that God is placing in front of us, it will not and cannot happen in our strength. It's not possible. We need a move of the Holy Spirit of God. So I've invited the band to come and they're gonna lead us in this song, which we've already sung. So you, you already have it in your mind. It's just this chorus, it's a prayer. Holy Spirit, rain down. We need that. We need the Holy Spirit of God to rain down on our lives. So what I wanna invite you to do right now is to stand up. Go ahead and stand up. The band's gonna lead us. And as we sing this song, listen, this is what I want you to know. The altar is open. You can come, you can stand, you can kneel, you can gather around the front of this room, or you can stay right where you are. There's no obligation for you to do any particular thing. All I'm asking you to do right now is to cry out to God for the Holy Spirit to rain down on our church. So let's sing this song together and let's make it our prayer.